This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I guess I sometimes forget to think about whether I like something and and consider that as a factor in what I feed my family, considering that I'm the primary cook. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Welcome to this week's episode. Today we're going to talk about feeding ourselves first. (laughs) Does that sound like a little bit like it's something that would be on like a wall plaque in scripty handwriting and it's like faux worn out? It's so funny. First. Do you remember the it's, mommy juice episode? How we yes. were recording in our Airbnb and we and talked like, about funny plaques. Yes. You're like, I will never have a live, laugh, learn <laughs> plaque in my house. I was live, like, no, laugh, yeah, learn. me either. It does sound a little like that, but I, I think this will be a good one. I do too. It also, that talking about the funny little slogan things reminds me of last year's Halloween episode where I w- I admitted to you that like those sort of like Mimi t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> I, you like I, them. I like them. I never buy them for myself because I feel like I can't, like I just can't. I don't, <laughs> this is no judgment to anyone who does. Like our friend Jill Krause, she made a really cute, it says 100% that witch, which I is like after that Lizzo. Love that one. Yes. And she made it available to sell on Amazon, which I just thought was like brilliant. And then that was going to be her Halloween or is her Halloween costume. And I'm like, I kind of want to wear that. But like, I feel like I would order a shirt like that and wear it one time and then feel like too campy and never wear it again. And so because I consider myself a minimalist, I don't I don't want to do that. (laughs) I agree with you. And I probably wouldn't wear it again either. But it's so funny. It's so perfect. It is so perfect. It might just be a regram. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I mean? For us, yes. it might just be a regram. Yes. Because yes. I think people out there will appreciate it. It's yes. pretty hilarious. We'll share the link to it, even though this episode will air the Monday before Halloween. So, but it's still, if it's if you really need it, she has a DIY on her IGTV at Jill Krause. And you could totally pull it off with a run to Michael's. Speaking of which, Stacey... What are the boys dressing up as for Halloween? Do you know yet? Yes, we just got our costumes the other day. So Isaac is 12 and a half, and he and all his friends are just like into onesies. Yeah, I think that's a cool thing right now. Target sells them in like the adult section. Yeah, So and also there's that brand that became really popular last year. It's a store brand, I don't know, Tipsy Elves. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it is an online store slash brand. Yeah. Yeah. And they have really funny, cute, like slightly higher quality compared to a lot of the like costumes in a plastic bag. So he was looking through that. He didn't find one there. And then dolphins are his favorite animal. So we went on to Amazon and we basically found a a narwhal onesie. (laughs) (laughs) And he got really excited. So we got that. And Oliver, okay, so Oliver's a Libra. Yeah. And I'm learning about Libras. I yeah, know this sounds they're really, really crazy. dynamic. Okay, Libras are also <laughs> really indecisive. That's what I mean. Like they're they're almost even more so than what is the ba- the one that's like the bound, the scales. Uh, Shoot. Yeah. Li- oh no, those are Libras, right? Oh, really? I was thinking maybe Aries. But anyways. Oh, I know what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. When I say they're dynamic, I fall on the Scorpio Libra cusp. And one of the things I know about Libras is that they just see all sides of everything. And that's what causes the analysis paralysis. And that's why I say they're really dynamic because they have this way that they can look. They have a lot of empathy and they can look at things from every angle. But also they can be really indecisive, which is great when you're trying to shop for Halloween costumes. every Halloween. I will stop and say that he is so empathetic, like instinctually, like it's really cool. But this indecisive thing, every Halloween is such a nightmare because I'm a planner, a header. Yeah. (laughs) And he's, I'm like, I start asking like at the beginning of October and he's like, I don't know. And then he changes the mind. And then we sit down and we look through pages and pages of like, you know, all the Halloween sites. And he's like, "Mm, no. So this year he was like, I don't know, mom. I just really want something casual. I was like, I don't know what that means. That's like famous Libra last words. Casual? Like what? (laughs) And first of all, also, I'm a Leo. I'm like, there is no casual. It's like the commitment (laughs) to not committing. That's what it, that's what I would call it. Yeah, Megan, he asked for a black unitard. I was like, that's not a costume. What is, (laughs) what is it going to be? Is he like a ninja? He just, no, he didn't. He was like, I don't know. That's just dressed up. I want to be casual. I was like, ah, no. I'm sorry. Like, I don't think at your age, like, you get to go around asking for candy if you're, like, not really in a costume. you got to put in some effort at that age, for sure, to earn your candy. So what's going to happen? Long story short, we found a black onesie that comes with, like, a black face mask, like a stocking over your head. Yeah, yeah. With a tuxedo print on it. Oh, that's really fun. And then a white top hat and then like a very New Orleans style like jester cane that has like an evil skull on top. Okay. But he's always these like bizarro random things. But it's kind of cool and super creative. Yeah. In his way. (laughs) All right. What are your kids going to be? Okay. I will try to make a long story short, which you know I'm not good at. Emmett decided to be Captain America, which I do not know anything about 
like, is that Marvel? He's I don't hot. know. That's what I can. Um, so we ordered Cap- him the real jammies. Captain America. Yeah. Hot. Well, you know, <laughs> that's all I know about let's Captain not America. My four-year-old. <laughs> oh, it's not your four-year-old. It's Chris. I know. Hemsworth, someone, one of the Chris's. Someone, right? One of the Chris's. One of the Chris's. Maybe just for fun, we'll just put a picture of Captain America in the show notes so people can go. Yeah, enjoy that. Talking about Megan. Okay, but Ella also, we talked about this in last year's Halloween episode. She's the person, like, if you let her, she would start buying Halloween costumes, costumes, plural. In September, because she thinks she wants to be something and she gets really gung ho. And so we buy costume in the past. We've like bought a cap- costume in September and then we get to like the week of Halloween and she's like, ah, no, actually, I don't want to be that. I need a whole new costume. So I've been trying to be really patient and be like, <laughs> we're not going to order yet. We're going to wait till we get a little closer. And then the last Monday before Halloween, I was like, okay, I feel like if you want to order something, now's the time to order it. And we ordered these GMEs for Emmett that are Captain America. And she got really pithy in the whole conversation. We're like on target.com. We're on amazon.com. I'm on primary, which they make like really nice kids clothes. And I was like, we could buy these things and then you could wear them again in the future, which would always be my first choice. Yep. Like we can just DIY it. And they have so many cute ideas, but she, she was like, getting frustrated with me because we couldn't, she wanted to be like this sexy ice cream cone. What? What is that that they market to little girls? Like it's a short skirt and it's like a cute little hat and little ballet flats. And it's like, I don't, that doesn't look like an ice cream cone to me at all. And it looks stupid. So (laughs) so we got really pithy with each other. And finally, Ella's like, you know what? I'm just going to be girl Captain America. That's it. And like walked away. (laughs) So I think she's trying to like dig at her little brother a little bit and also dig at me because like taking all the fun about out of it and just wanting to do the exact same costume as Emmett. So we'll see. We also have like the big bin of dress up clothes. And she has in the past, like sometimes when I'm like, I'm not ordering you a second costume because you changed your mind. Just pick something from the dress up bin. She's done that. Like last year, she was a witch after all this hemming and hawing about being a cat and ordering a cat tail and all these other things. And then she was like, I'm a witch. And she wore like the hat from the dollar section at Target. That's pretty funny. The female Captain America makes me think of yeah. What's her name? That Brie Larson, Captain Marvel. Yeah, or something? Brie yeah. Larson. No, who's she was very clear that badass. she didn't want that. Yeah. Oh, what? Really? I don't know. All right. If I'm honest with you. I have. A, I've only ordered Emmett's because I yeah. think Ella and I have a little more back and forth to go. Are you gonna get dressed up? I always talk about it. Like I kind of am into the onesies at Target. Like a unicorn. Like, I just feel like that's so warm and cozy and when else would I wear it? But it's like the 100% that witch shirt. Like, I think it's cute and funny in the moment, but I, I, I only wear it once, so I won't do it. What yeah. about you? I, yeah, I dress up every year. So last year I was a pineapple. Oh, yeah. I think that this year I might be a pinata. <laughs> Is that the same thing as a pineapple? Like similar? Yeah, it's a onesie. Okay. The, the pineapple was like a long sweatshirt with a hood that had the like yes. greenery on top. And then I just wore leggings. I don't know. It's like not particularly creative. What I really want to be, but I don't think I have time to make it happen, is we as a family watch the Goldbergs. Okay. 
our kids kind of joke that there's like vague similarities between the dad and Mike and then the mom and me. And the mom is like a crazy 80s mom who's like always calling them schmoopy and is like over lovey and is like always all over them. And and they're like, oh, you should be that. So I was thinking we could be the Goldbergs. And my mom- That would be so fun. Right? My mom's a hairdresser and she has this crazy exaggerated 80s hair. And my mom said if I bought a wig, she'd style it. But it all seems like so much work right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you're going to keep us updated because you're going to share on your Instagram where you're at Stacey Billis. And I'll probably share on my Instagram too, where I'm at Megan underscore Splon. I don't have a good segue away from Halloween into this week's topic. Do. Do you? Yeah. So candy is what everybody expects us to talk about around Halloween. Yeah, but we've done that a lot. We should reference that there's like a whole mini series last year around Halloween about sugar and how maybe it's not really that bad for you. We had childhood nutrition expert Jill Castle on the episode on an episode. We had um, the amazing baker Shauna Seaver on to talk about how you can bake with less sugar. So there's a whole bunch of episodes about that. And that's why we're not talking about it today. Yeah. But I want to say one thing before I get to our transition. Shauna has a new book out. She does, and it's so good. I haven't seen it yet. Have you? Midwest Made. I bought it, it for looks myself for my birthday. Amazing. So I just want to put a plug there as we get into the like cooking and feeding part of the show. Um, it looks fantastic. Yes. Okay. So okay. anyway, grab that cookbook for yourself and bake something that you will eat just you. <laughs> Once you're with the kids. But, you know, I do think that when moms talk about feeding ourselves, a lot of times I feel like we go to this idea of like sugar or baked goods or junk food as comfort. Yeah. Our secret chocolate stash. Right. Like that kind of thing. And I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with it, except that like I do that. I kind of feel that way. And then other times I'm like, ah, like... It's kind of like the mommy juice thing too. Like, yeah. really, is that how we want to feed ourselves? Like, is that what it's about? Does that make us feel good in the end? If it does, hey, go for it. But what does it really mean to feed ourselves? And I have to say that I was a little bit nervous about recording this episode because ever since my kids were very little, I was adamant about feeding them the food that I make for me and Mike. Right. And even though they do have choices, that's always been the way I've approached my cooking. And so like, I don't know what feeding myself means except sneaking a box of cinnamon toast crunch when I'm in a horrible (laughs) mood. And like, is that like positive? It's not negative, but like, what's there to say? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What does so, this mean to you? I think there's this really interesting tension and it, and I'm specifically in a season of the of this which also makes me think of our mental load episode where I just stole an entire episode to talk about my own feelings. <laughs> <laughs> this might be that again. Um well because we cook professionally, right? And I I yeah. know you experienced this right when you finished up the chicken book which will be out next spring that like everything you were cooking was like either just to get food on the table for your family or for your cookbook. And like, it wasn't for you. It wasn't about making recipes that you enjoyed or that like inspired you or that you were just like excited about. It was just like getting the job done. 
And I've been in a season where it's like every week is full of recipe testing or doing photographs for Didn't I Just Feed You and like some of our our recipes that we share for sponsors and then like getting stuff done just for the for my family, like making a box of pasta or like really just really simple, like get it done meals, which we talked about with Kelsey Nixon in our shortcut episode, right? Like those things are really great for a certain amount of time. But if you're a person who loves to cook and loves to eat, so if you're a person, basically, (laughs) you're going to have times where like you're going to burn out on that kind of cooking. Um, And I was really sparked to have us record this episode because I have a friend um, who's also a mom. She has three little kids and, and she does all of these like great volunteer things like and she's getting her nursing degree and she's just like so inspiring in that way and she she said this thing to me about a recipe I was like sharing on Instagram when I saw her in real life she's like oh how would how were those like vegetarian subs that you made and I was like oh well the kids weren't really into it she was like I don't really care what your kids think kids have terrible taste in foods did you like it and I was like oh I guess I like sometimes forget to think about whether I like something and and consider that as a factor in what I feed my family considering that I'm the primary cook yeah I mean I do get that I have to say I haven't been in that place in a while and it's making me realize that I should take more time to really enjoy and appreciate cooking dinner for my kids. Because ever since I moved away from One Hungry Mama, where I was posting three times a day. Yeah. And, you know, we are gearing up to offer more recipes on Didn't I Just Feed You? But up to this point, that's not what this has, our platform has been about. I'm actually really excited to dive into that phase for us. I am too. And I should say, like, it's only been one or two a month, really. In the last couple of months for didn't I just feed yeah. you? Yeah. But I I know that feeling of like, I'm doing this for work. Also, when I was at Cool Mom Eats, like just churning out so much content that I, like dinner was like the simplest thing. Yeah. I've really had a return to going to my cookbooks. Like, oh, I've always wanted to try that recipe. Like, let me try that. I have been, when I cook from that place of thinking about what I want to eat at night and what I've been wanting to try, I I reduce waste in my kitchen. Yes. Because I'm much less likely to like give up on what I wanted to make. Because I'm like, that doesn't even sound good. Like it's yes. annoying. I'd rather just order. Now I should stop and pause and say, I'm someone who loves to cook. So if you don't love to cook, it feels a little, you know, you might not have all these outcomes if you shift your mindset. But for me, way less food waste way less stress when I'm actually cooking, no matter what's going on. You know, we have a new puppy and the other day Mike wasn't home for dinner and between the kids and homework and the puppy, I started to get stressed, but I was like cooking something that I was motivated to cook. So I just kind of saw everything as like, well, this is what I have to do right now, as opposed to feeling like, oh, this cooking piece is really annoying. It's not what I want to do. I want to ditch it. Yes. Which is when I end up, you know, either eating something I don't like or ordering in. And here's a a part of why I think that this conversation where we're saying as food professionals, we experience this all the time because we also have promised that Didn't I Just Feed You as a podcast 
even for parents who don't like to cook. Yes. So we just, I, it's like that thing where I want to say like, I see you, I see you cooking 21 meals a week for your family and snacks and like not enjoying any of it. So like, what can we do? How can we have like either a mindset shift or how can we give you tools that like make cooking a little bit enjoyable for you? Yes. Or how can we change mealtime in a way that at least if you're just like, getting doing get it done kind of dinners you you feel nourished at the end because i but i've been thinking about this like when my kids were younger and you're probably same for you when your kids are younger cuz you were talking about how like you you decided to always cook the same thing for everyone and sit at the table and that was really important but i think about the parents who like they're just trying to get dinner done they really don't enjoy it and so they're not even like feeding themselves first they're eating the scraps they're like putting food Mm -hmm. in front of their kids and then like mindlessly eating over the stove or that like it's so fun as a meme but it's so painful in real life like I just eat my kids scraps yep totally yeah so what in a really practical way I'm not trying to put you on the spot because I think we're it's like the mental load episode where I don't think we're going to have a definitive answer about what Um, feeding ourselves looks like for each of us. And I think it's one of those things that changes in every season. But what are some of the things that you feel like parents can do to feel like mealtime is nourishing for them, whether it's what's at the table or habits? Well, so the one thing I will say, and I don't know how helpful this is, but just in terms of like setting a big picture before we go into the quick, like practical Practical things, is that I used to say this all the time when I was running One Hungry Mama, that cooking for yourself, (laughs) that advice isn't about creating foodies. I think a lot of family food experts talk about cooking for yourself because then they're like, then your kid's palate will get used to all these great sophisticated flavors. How cool is that? Okay, yes, I care about that, but like also, no, that's not my point. My it's point not gonna is, happen for everyone either. And like right. can you imagine the disappointment of like you trying to cook all the time for your kid to make them a foodie and they're just a selective eater. Right. So th- that's not the goal. The goal is when you cook for yourself in the end and the kids get on board and there's always a transition time, it's like training a puppy, which I'm in the middle of. In the end, it will make your life easier. Yes. And that's that's always been my goal for parents. And I know yours too. <laughs> yes. Like it will make it easier. So how do we get there? One is I think, you know, a lot of parents think about the trade-off. Like I can enjoy cooking and I can enjoy eating, but also then deal with my kid being a shit at the table. Am I allowed to say that? Because <laughs> they don't it, like what I'm feeding. Recording. It's there. It's there. <laughs> Or I can just forget about my own pleasure and give them what they want. And at least there's no fighting at the table. So if you just like, if you need to, whatever you need to like get your head over switching that choice, like, you know, whether it's writing a pros and cons list or whatever, like take five minutes and do it because there's value on both sides of those scenarios. And I think not only will you enjoy yourself, but in the end, like I said, it will be easier for you if you err on the side of, I'm going to deal with their fighting if they don't like this, and I'm going to enjoy the crap out of this meal. Yes. Putting music on, pouring a glass of wine or a cup of tea or whatever floats your boat while you cook, making TV time during your cooking prep time, like whatever it takes. 
Yeah. Whatever it takes to give you time and space so that you can enjoy the cooking process, especially if they're going to give you crap when they sit down because they don't like broccoli and that's what you've made. You don't want to go into that meal harried. You want to feel like I'm relaxed. I just had an enjoyable 20, 30, 40 minutes prepping dinner. And now I can sit down and eat my meal enjoy it and deal with what they're about to serve me, the attitude I'm about to get, (laughs) right? Because that's what it is. Yes, there's a really great, I think it was a kitchen or apartment therapy article about how smart parents utilize screen time. And one of the, the big points was they use screen time so that they can cook dinner. And like, that's their priority. That's a priority for them. Yes. It makes them like getting dinner on the table easier and it makes cleanup easier when it's like in between screen time. Yeah. Yeah. So those are a couple of mine. How about you? Okay. I think about some really practical things when you're like trying to all sit down at one time and not have to be the parent who's like, oh, I need a water. I need this, which is to let your kids do more things for themselves. And that is, that is like what you're talking about, setting this standard from the beginning and saying, okay, like I'm going to make it so everyone's plates are done at the same time. Usually I portion my kids' servings first so that they can cool. Cause I saw little yeah. kids who like, they will try to shove hot food in their mouth without thinking about it. And then portion my husband and I's food and then bring everyone's plates to the table at the same time. Um, and then if they want something, if they feel like they need ketchup or they want more salt, they are in charge of getting it. And I will just say, I'm eating my dinner right now. I can help you with that in 10 minutes when I'm done, or you can help yourself. And like our kitchen's small, so it's really easy for us to monitor them going to the fridge. I feel like I, now I can't remember where I read this, but I I love this idea. And actually Emmett's preschool does it for snack time, which is that they set up the table with a pitcher of water before everyone comes to the table. And it's like a little plastic pitcher and they are like, trained that they pour their own water and then they also like ask the people around them if they need water and I just think if water or milk is a part of your meal time you should do that like buy a little cheap plastic pitcher from Target and and have it be like the table pitcher at dinner time so yeah my biggest thing is like getting your kids to do things for themselves so that you can be enjoying your meal so that you can enjoy your meal and I think that's just like sets you up for easier life in general like if you don't set the expectation that you're going to get up and down from the table six times then your kids are not going to ask for that totally what about cooking food you love versus what they love this is a hard this is a hard one I think I think this is hard for everyone because it comes down to it it encompasses a lot of um, things that we worry about in the kitchen. Like, am my kids going to get enough to eat? I don't want to waste food and money and I don't want to waste my time. I, when the kids were younger, I used to like just have one meal a week that it was like, I picked something that was purely for me. I kind of miss that. And I'd like to get back to it. But again, I've been really busy with, with a lot of work obligation cooking. And so that kind of burns me out. And most of the time, when you like pick a recipe that you love, there's some component of it that your kids would eat, right? So like maybe it's a really yummy pasta that you want to make and you could pull out like the pasta and the chickpeas and that could be a plate for your kids. And that's okay. Like maybe it's not a super glamorous kid dinner, but they're like getting calories in and some nights that's all that matters. I mean, you know, this experience of like you cook something that you think your kids are, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, a home run. You're going to just hit it out of the park 
work and then your kids don't eat it. So why not also put that effort into like, my kid might not eat this, but I'm going to enjoy it. And that's valuable too. Totally. And I do think as a person with older kids, I will say I don't check with my kids. I regularly make things that I know they won't really like. The other day I made a squash and apple soup and I was like, okay, so I'll pair it with some roasted sausage and uh, garlic bread because they'll like those parts of it. So that goes to this idea of like deconstruct and, you know, have something that they like. But I will tell you that if you do that long enough, they get used to it and they really will try new things. Like my kids are fairly adventurous eaters in the scheme of things. And I do think it pays off to just be like, well, this is what's for dinner. You know, even if they don't love it, there are, there are some hard nights though. Like Oliver gets hangry and we've had plenty of nights where he's just refused dinner. And I don't, I like, I don't often do the like get yogurt thing. I'm like, oh, well, like you'll be hungry and you'll eat more at breakfast. That's a hard line. I know not everybody can do that. And I totally respect that. I think we're really, we, we, that's hard for Brian in particular. He's like, oh, they're hungry. Like we should feed them. So we often offer like carrots or apples. Like those are the two choices if you're not eating what's for dinner. Oh yeah. Fruit and veggies, totes, totes. So there's always some sort of like compromise, right? Yeah. I don't think we, in our house, we probably compromise less than most people, I do have to say. But also my kids have been fairly adventurous from the beginning. So I'm not like some, I don't know. Like I'm just sharing my personal experience. Yeah. (laughs) I also want to say that I appreciate that you talked, you touched on this idea of privilege because the idea that you can cook something that you know your kids won't eat or that you're not sure. It's a big deal. And people who are really like have a hard time affording food or have to stick to a very tight budget, that's just not something you can do. Like it's just not affordable. And, you know, I want to just honor those parents and just say that, you know, at the end of the day, if what it means to feed yourself is to find little pockets where you do treat yourself with a candy bar or whatever it is, like, like all good. I think the point is that both of us feel very strongly that at the end of the day, it's really like the way that you're going to enjoy cooking again and like keep it from being such a chore is to find your own joy with food again. I feel like enjoy might be too strong a word for some people. Even for eating, I meant even eating. Everybody enjoys something. If we could just get you to not hate every minute of feeding your family, we would feel like that's a huge win. <laughs> that's true. But so so do you think it's important to feed yourself first? Like, is that the bottom line here? What do you think? I don't know. I feel like it's really complex. I, wanted, I want to be like, yes, you should feed yourself first. But I think I have to be fully transparent and say, that's really hard for me. Yeah. I'm so used to like pouring my cup to fill everyone else up. I often feel like empty at the end of it, you know, and that's where that's where I have these seasons of like being really burnt out on cooking. And honestly, like not to be sort of a cliche, but I love to bake. And so I was just going to say that that's the thing that brings me back to myself more than family dinners, like family dinners, but I'm going to take a Sunday afternoon to make pretzels or bake cookies with my kids. Like that's more restorative to me. And that's a good, that's a really, I was going to ask you about that. Cause that is, and I'm a savory cook. Like I love cooking dinner. Yeah. I I like having dinner parties and I love cooking. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that for me also sparked this other, this other thought, which is maybe you really just don't like cooking and maybe you don't like baking, but is there something around your, like your routine of feeding your family that could bring you more joy? Like, could you buy a dinner planner notebook? Would that bring you more yes, to your, more that. joy to your meal planning? Or like again, this person, the person who um, can't afford to like buy a fun notepad or buy fancy baking ingredients, like can you change up your shopping routine? Is there like somewhere else that you could go shop that's like just maybe outside of your regular routine? It doesn't have to be more expensive. It doesn't have to be fancier. Could you try like the Asian market in your neighborhood instead of going to your regular Mega Mart? Um, I think those are, there's lots. I of, love or, that, Megan. Or do yeah. grocery pickup. Like there are a lot of places where this is, oh my gosh, the best meme I've seen on the internet recently where it's like, you should order grocery pickup, but tell your husband that you have to go grocery shopping, pick up your groceries, <gasps> and then just hang in the car for an hour. That's you're still going to get genius. And oh I'm my sorry, gosh, it's I love very that. like sexist. Your, your husband or your partner, your partner of any kind, yes. or okay, your kids. So, okay, but wait, kids. I also have to say one last thing before we end. Okay, okay and this is it that. I'm really glad that everybody listened and stuck through. And I do, we do. Like our passion is making it a little bit easier for you and for you to not hate feeding your family. (laughs) But I do want to say that a lot of times these kind of like self-care, self-help, like memes, philosophies that are all so popular on Instagram can sometimes... I think the people who put them out there are trying to help, but they can sometimes be blind to the fact that they can also make people feel judged and worse. Yes. And as someone who has hated exercise my whole life until recently, I can say like, you know what? Stop freaking telling me how to like exercise. I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> nothing. No stationary. No, like leave me be. I just need to get through it. Like I know I have to do it and I do it for my health and I'm doing it. FYI, my attitude has changed in the last year, but like for years I felt that way and I've resented the help. If you feel that way about cooking and you tune into Didn't I Just Feed You for practical tips, that's okay too. Then you know what? Eh, screw feeding yourself. <laughs> get through <laughs> feed, the task. Feed everybody else and then make time for the thing that you do. Exactly. Love. Yes. There you okay. go. I want to hear from everyone. Everyone, not just our listeners and our Seriously. Private private group but on instagram um send us an email we want to know how either you feed yourself first or how you get the feeding out of the way so you can enjoy yourself so find us as didn't i just feed you on instagram and facebook where you can join that private listeners group you can answer the secret question with either whiskey or painkiller or i don't know i'm really into a negroni these days nice Most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and tell your friends about us. It really makes a big difference. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jay Mando. A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy N., Samantha Gatsik, and the whole team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes. Or leave us a review.